Old Gold Club. Powered by Blythe Group. With Mikey Burrows and Chris Iwalumo. So hello there. Uh, this is the Old Gold Club. I'm Mikey Burrows. He's Chris Wellamo. Jody Craddock is with us. Um, this is our first recording since Christmas. And I kind of tried to arrange something, Jody, for Looms for Christmas that didn't quite make it in time. So I haven't bothered to wrap it or anything. But because you always complain, basically, a good pal of mine, uh, Paul Maskey, uh, designs me some T-shirts. So I'm sporting a new one that's Tomo's Tash. And I've had Looms, his own T-shirt made, Jody. Check this bad boy out. You know what? You know what I thought it was going to be? Just, just because, you know what I thought it was going to be? Just because I know Mikey the way that I know him, as I thought it was going to be my Scotland mess. <laughs> that, that's the guy. You've already given me part of my uh, present as well, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I've given him lots of presents, by the way. Nothing from him back to me, which we'll come to in a minute. I, I need my son after you. But look at that. It's, that? A, nice, it's a nice picture of him so, screaming. He deliberately, we made it well, the one of the picture captain. very well. Yeah. Jody, you've done, this is the... That's the one, yeah. Because you know how proud he was to be captain for that one game. Oh, yeah. well, He's know, never stopped be, talking yeah. about it, it in 40 odd episodes. Jody done a picture for me, painted. Done. So there you go. Thank you very but, much. But not only that, my friend, because you had a little baby and named it after me, named him after me, we've done a little baby version as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little baby grow with the exact same picture. So Two you've six. got to take a picture... Of of the two of you wearing it, right? Wearing this outfit. I'm just in the process of just getting. Yeah, send it to the missus and get approval. She's never going to let him. Yeah, you dress him in this, by the way. Uh, Right, got you. Is that is that going to be big enough as well? Because that's perfect. I I was. I mean, it's three to six months, Jody. But I was worried that a Chris Wellamo baby boy was going to be a big boy. He's a little unit, yeah. Yeah. He's going to be packing, big lad. Yeah. What can I say? So there you go. I got you three Christmas I've got to say, gifts. yeah, I've knit it up my game. Didn't get me I? anything. I really, uh, uh, yeah, you've made me feel pretty bad now. So was, for was that. he always this selfish when you play, when you played with him? Oh, we didn't do it. We didn't do the Christmas present thing, did we? So, did you uh, not? No. It's not like a secret Santa thing. No, I don't think. To be fair, not that, that could, I remember. Not that I remember. I could have went very wrong <laughs> if it was if there was one uh, in that day and age. To be fair, it was a good group. Yeah, definitely, it would have been taken. Well, I just, a few I, lines would have been crossed, let's put it that way. I, well, I just had visions of, you know, Jodie would have done a nice little drawing for everybody. Well, it takes time. It takes, takes Jodie 15 days to just get to fire one out there. You I know what I mean? I thinking if we ever did it, Secret Santa, but I don't think we did. I can't I can't remember it, so I'm sure we never <laughs> did. <laughs> I just, I like the idea of, like, everybody else has gone to the shops and stuff and found, like, something really small for, like, five quid, and Jodie comes in with a massive watercolour picture. Just like, yeah, done this for you. Just like, we're going to have to get you a new car to squeeze this in to get it home. That would have been brilliant. Yeah, not for me. For the, for the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, to be fair, the quality of that, uh, the one that you've done for me was it's still, it's, it's got its pride in place. When did I do it? I might, it must have been seven or eight years ago, did it, didn't I? No, no, longer than that. It was, was it? the season we got promoted. So, yeah, you did it before the season. Closed out. Uh, obviously, I was captain against Blackpool. Got yep. the two goals on the day. 
proud moment and yeah, the pictures yeah, they're in the they're in the gym. So it's all good. It's the thing though, like I, I read a thing from you, Jody, where you did an interview a couple of years ago with one of the newspapers and you kind of talked about that you would much rather be referred to as an artist who was quite good at football rather than a footballer who was quite good as an artist. Yeah, you know, because I'm an artist now. I was a footballer, now I'm an artist, so I need to be taken seriously. There's serious. like a clear definition. Yeah, I need you. to be taken seriously in the art world now. And yes, whilst the football is good and it helps, and I've got a lot of followers on Twitter, and you know, all that helps to kind of boost it and push me along. Um, but I am an artist now, which is great, and I absolutely love it. Like I said, I do it all day, every day, as much as I can. Um, yeah, so an artist, formerly... A footballer, but obviously when I was a footballer, yeah, art was on the side. You know, art was the yeah. side thing, and I couldn't have been an artist without the football. Yeah, I was going to say that. How important, you know? I think you see some players come to the end of their career, and there's a void that they they, they can't fill. I experienced that myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you were already. Oh, I wouldn't even say flirting with it. That was you already seen that as a as the next profession, next chapter. You were already successful before you came to. End. How important that you had. Something else there, so you can really go. important. Um, but this it started in my own mind when I signed for Sunderland, so um, maybe even earlier at Cambridge because I didn't ever think I was good enough. I always thought this is just going to fall apart. You know, I just didn't start till I was eighteen. I thought this is going to fall apart at any time now. You know, I'm going to need to work really, really hard to kind of keep myself in it. So I think I did a sports and sports nutrition diploma when I was at Cambridge because the PFA would pay for it yeah. and I thought great I'll do it and I did a couple of courses and I did my coaching badges when I went to Sunderland and I always thought this could end at any second so I must have something to fall back on and I kind of always had that mentality yeah. so then when the art come in I did my badges thinking oh, I'm going to be a coach I'd like to be a coach managing I, I don't know about the managing point but uh Coaching, I thought, oh, I could always do that. I, didn't, I think I'd enjoy that, you know, staying in football. Yeah. But then as you get older and you have kids, and I think it's not quite, you know, I'm thinking, not, maybe not the thing for me. But the art kind of took over. So why? Why art? Because I've I done, I done uh, art A-level. I loved art, did it, but you've then, you've t- so was it always something that was there? As you were coming through school, you were you were good at it? Something that you've seen yourself doing? Or it, it was just something you fell onto? It's just something I liked doing as a kid, drawing anything. So I'd see a picture in a, a comic book, a spider, I think, right, I, can, I think I could, I'd like to see if I can draw that. So I'd draw it, you know, didn't always work, but uh, I'd draw it and it's that feel of satisfaction when it's done and you think, yeah, I did that, it's really good, yeah. yeah. And then it just got more and more. I, I When I was at Sunderland, I had a bit more money to buy some materials. I used to watch a programme with, uh, it's called The Joy of Painting with Bob Ross. I don't know if you've ever seen it. You will have seen him at some point. Uh, he's dead now, but yeah, this, he's a white bloke, he had this afro, and uh, he'd literally do an oil painting in half an hour. And I'm thinking, yeah, I can do that. And I c- couldn't do it. I tried to do it. I couldn't do it. I made such a mess. My first one, I was covered in oil paint. Absolutely. I remember doing it at my mum's house. And I think I made an absolute mess. I was thinking, this is actually a bit harder than I thought it was. So, But then it was, you know, my nature was, right, I'll figure this out. I will, I will do this. I will figure it yeah. out. So then I taught myself how to oil paint. Yeah, you know, I could always sketch and draw, but I think I taught, teach myself oil painting now. Can I've, you do any done. of it? Can you do like sculptures and, and any, you know, if we just gave you some, like Art Attack, if we just gave you a load of materials. Would you, <laughs> We're going to make some. Yeah. You're not going to get some out of another bag. You've got, down You've got there. minutes. <laughs> I've never done um, sculpture. I wish, you know, I wish I had, but I've never done, you know, that's a, a different kettle of fish altogether. But, you know, I, I pretty much can do anything. 
So we get some macaroni and some, st- macaroni. some straws yeah, and all sorts of things out. Some, I might send you some time. But <laughs> so football-wise, you obviously you, you do your son's team, you're here, there and everywhere. What about the coaching side and at, at the professional level? You, you you did flirt with it a little bit, didn't you? No, I didn't, no. I got to the end of my career and um, it was... It, it was kind of, do I go with my heart or do I go with my head? My head was saying, go with coaching, you know, that's what you've been doing. Do coaching, you know, potentially may have been some at the walls, um, or do I go my heart and do something that I love doing every single day and paint. And um, you know, I already, already had the bug for painting, so yeah. I went my heart. And it's you know, I'm glad I did because I don't know if coaching would have fulfilled. You know, as ruthless as it sounds, the money's cut right down. So I'm a fraction of the money. Yeah. I'm still out on Christmas Day. I'll be still. Missing the kids' school holidays, I'm thinking, well, that ain't fun. I've not worked my arse off for 20 years to miss the kids' holidays and miss Christmas. I'm thinking, yeah. I don't want that. That's not what I want. I say, I read a thing where you talked about <clears throat> running around in your shorts and the cold, and now you're nicely tucked up warm yeah. in your little studio. In the studio. Yeah, you know, it gets hard at the end of the career. I'm driving into training thinking, oh my God, it's freezing cold. I'm 37 years old and I've got to chase a 20-year-old around the field in my shorts. <laughs> I'm thinking it's getting harder, this is. But I loved it and I always, you know, gave myself that best opportunity by working as hard as I could so I could continue to do it. And uh, That's a really interesting point, though, because we never really talk, or people never really talk about falling out of love with the game. Like, you get into it because you love football, yeah, and definitely. a lot of people do. Yeah. I mean, there have been some people who've kind of said that they just started playing because they were good, so they didn't really love the game, but a lot of people do. Oh, yeah, I loved it, absolutely loved it, and I was at Cambridge, I must have been on £60 a week, I couldn't afford anything, literally was great, I was ringing my wife, kind of every couple of days with 50p from the phone box, and I'll get to the end of the month, I'm like, I can't ring you now, I've got no money left, I'll be borrowing a tenner from me, mate, and... Uh, yeah, so it wasn't for definitely wasn't for the money because I was earning nothing, but uh, you know, you make more money as you go along. But then, it? when you get to the end, do you stop loving it? No, I love being in the change room with the lads and having a laugh. I love the winning games of football. That feeling after you've won a game of football. Um, I love the five aside on a Friday. Do you know, what I mean, yeah. there was stuff I didn't like. Though. Was it was was there a frustration there? You know, like uh, for me, I was doing things in my head that I couldn't do. I, I was I was that couple of yards off certain things. Was that something that, you know, you said there about you're chasing a, a 20-year-old around the place, where that's something I used to watch you do yeah. with a smile on your face and you do it very yeah. well? Did that get harder, as in the fact that... Because you look after yourself, you were always in, in, in fantastic condition. You were an athlete, you know what I mean? But even then, the legs are a different beast altogether. When they go, they go, don't they? Is yeah. that something you found hard? Um... I found I got fitter as I got older. I think I just worked harder. I think I worked, and I think that's maybe why I got hard because I worked, pushed myself even more. Um, but then as you get older as a defender, you get more experience. So it gets, I found it got a bit easier because I was more experienced. When I was younger, believe it or not, I was really quick. And um, I'd get myself out of all kinds of problems because I, could be, I was fast and I could just, so when I'd get in the wrong position against the centre forward, I'd catch him up, not a problem, make the tackle, you know. I found that the kind of speeds started to go after about 28, but because I was experienced, it just kind of made up for it. And I, and, I never, and I never felt that then I missed that bit of speed that I had when I was younger. I never felt like I missed it, and I always felt like I coached. Properly and I just that, thought, yeah. you know, it was all about being in the right place at the right time and, and bossing people around. I tell you, when you do the kids' football, I'm like, 
why don't you just boss people around? Not as in a, a horrible way, bossing around. <laughs> just in a nice way, you know, come here, move there, get in that position, because it makes my your job so much easier. So I used to find myself doing it just to make my job as easy as I possibly could, which I think's being a footballer, isn't it? We're going to get into some of that when we get into the show properly. Um, I put out on Twitter about, obviously, Jody has had an incredible alternative career as a successful artist, having been a very successful footballer. And so I kind of put out there, other Wolves footballers, um, potential alternative careers for them that they could have got into. Steve Plant gave loads. Uh, Jackie Gallagher, dietitian. Roger Johnson, UN peace worker. Uh, Jamie O'Hara, McDonald's drive through Jay Bothroyd, Mick McCarthy's chauffeur. Uh, Slacker says John Burridge, male model. Steve Ball, the second Jesus. Sean Smith went for Tony Daly, hairstylist. He's got, he's had some good styles. Uh, Ryan Bennett should be a solo artist because he plays guitar. He's really good, actually. Really? Yeah, he is. He's actually really good. Uh, Willie Bolly could be a bodyguard. And Adama Traore, an NFL star. Chris Wood, not that one, says Adama Traore, American football running back. Adam said Romain Saiz could be head of discipline at the FA. He gets booked an awful lot, by the way. Um, And Kevin Muscat could write books on the art of tackling, which probably wouldn't be (laughs) too long, those books. Well, certainly not the best way of tackling. I mean, this is the thing that, like... I don't think there's many others that have kind of a second possible career. We do a feature in the program of kind of um, with under 18s now. And it's like, what would you be if you weren't a footballer? And I was reading through some of them the other day, prepping for the FA Youth Cup game we did. And almost all of them were like, I'd be a coach or, you know, I'd, I'd be a physio and all these kind of things. It's like they're still being football. I suppose that's all they know, isn't it? That's all they know. And they haven't had to think outside that box I suppose so I mean there was one I think he said he would have, he'd like end up working for his dad yeah which is probably the most honest answer to yeah. that question I was never least option to have isn't it <laughs> see, I was never going to be an artist I'd never something right I'm going to be an artist when I retire it was only I kind of, kind of went into it naturally just... so if you weren't a footballer because you, you say you did non-league for a little bit before yeah. you went to Cambridge if you hadn't have got to Cambridge what would you have done um, maybe a PE teacher I did it or didn't, it? yeah, maybe a PE teacher. I did enjoy art, so maybe I, yeah, I even looked at being a stonemason. I think I even went for an interview as a fireman. I was way too young, though, so I don't even know I got an interview, but uh, so I was way too Jody Craddock, fireman. <laughs> <laughs> but now I've learned my mates has become a fireman, and I've realised how hard it is to be a fireman. I'm thinking, I don't no chance at all at 16 years old <laughs> trying to be a fireman. So it's seriously, seriously hard. What would so, you have been? Well, that's the thing. I finished my schooling. So, like I say, I'd done my, I'd say it's called standard grades and hires up there. So it's GCSEs and, and A-levels. Uh, I got my three A-levels. I wanted to be a teacher. I got the chance to go to university. It was either that or professional football. So I remember when I chose football, I remember uh, Jimmy Bone, sit man manager at the time, he wanted me to do it part-time. He says, go, get your education, that's important. And then, because if football doesn't work, then yeah. it's something for you to fall back on. And lucky enough, I, I never I never took his advice, stopped with football. Uh, but teaching, that was a uh, PE teacher. That was, that was what I wanted. But you have to have a, another subject. So my A-levels were uh, PE, English and art. So that was, uh, yeah, that was... Because it's first thing, because this is my fallback. This this whole thing was my fallback. I wanted to be a professional footballer. I obviously wasn't as talented as you guys, but I had some talent. 
And then I did my knees in and I had my first knee operation at 11. And at 14 was told I'll never play football again. No. And kind of still didn't really want to give up. But it became like, well, if I can't play, I'll write about it. And so I went to do journalism. Great. And ended up, ended up here. Well, I never knew that, Mickey. Yeah. I never knew. And, and that's the thing that, like, you know, you, you never know, do you, what, what life is, what exactly. turns you're going to take. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think more's, more's getting done, you know, like you're talking about these young players, academy and what they're saying, like Jody says, they don't really know anything else. But I think now it's the responsibility of the football club that they're actually trying to kind of broaden those horizons a little bit and, and make sure that they are aware that there's a large percentage of them that's not yeah, going to make it. Definitely. So they have to be yeah. very careful. They have to think about it. But like you say, I think if you're in that mindset, you straight, you said they're sports scientists, there's physios, they're still involved in some way because they have, they've got the bug, they want to be around it, like yourself, you know what I mean? So that's that's just a normal thing. Uh, but yeah, I think more and more players now, I think there's there's a, there's academy, there's, there's projects going on all the time. Education's massive. You know, I think it's so important that they... they that a lot more take take that on board, but they are they're, they're definitely heading in the right direction with it. Well, um, keep those views coming. By the way, on alternative careers for Wolves players, you can always email us oldgoldclub at wolves.co.uk. We would really appreciate it. By the way, if you could drop us a review and rating on iTunes and anywhere else that you listen to this podcast, and just pass it on, let other people know about it, and we can try and get a little bit bigger maybe it'd be nice because the bigger we get the more chance we've got of doing another live show which would be awesome yeah so. there's there's many i think many avenues for for us to <laughs> to 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 evolve i think uh yeah we're gonna start doing some art It'll mix it up yeah do it in the processes we we're gonna take on jody <laughs> old gold club art missy says thank you by the way oh yeah just make sure you thank. Yeah, she appreciates me getting presents. She does. I'll sort you out, mate. I'll I'll up the game. Anyway, we're going to get into the show after we've heard from our backers this year, the Blythe Group, and then we're into the show properly with Jody Crad. This season, the Old Gold Club and Walls TV Match Day Live are powered by Blythe Group, an industry-leading construction company and family-run business since 1982, driving investment and infrastructure across the UK. Blythe Group's mission is to provide an unrivaled service based on innovative, bespoke building solutions and comprehensive customer support. If you're a skilled tradesperson and you want to join the team that powers our team, contact their bases in Wolverhampton, Manchester or Maidenhead via theblythegroup.co.uk Blythe Group Big enough to deliver Small enough to care Match days at Molyneux are always special Ruben Nevers to strike it! a real day of it with the new official Wolves Fan Zone. Kick off every home Premier League match with big screen entertainment, games, visits from former players and even a licensed bar on the Wanderer car park. Oh, the official Wolves Fan Zone, be a part of it.
Welcome along to the Old Gold Club. I'm Mikey Burrows. Alongside me, as ever, is Chris Awellamo. This episode, we're joined by a man who made 237 appearances over 10 years, scoring 17 goals as well. Welcome to the Old Gold Club, Jody Darrell Craddock. <laughs> Hello there, how are you doing, right? The, they I, dropped the Daryl in there, yeah, yeah, yeah. leave that out. I, I, I tell you, I do this every week now because it makes me laugh because everyone's sat there going, yeah, he's just going to do the introduction, he's going to get through it. And then, hang on a minute, he's pulled out the middle name. <laughs> you get the full treatment, my friend. Oh, very nice of you. After Thank 10 you. years at the club, you deserve everything. You deserve the Daryl. Yeah, yeah. You, deserve, you deserve the royal treatment around this place. I'm annoyed that people haven't laid out a red carpet for you. Well, you know. That's what happens, isn't it, when you retire? <laughs> you get forgotten about <laughs> exactly, you're not wrong. Yeah. We have to go to exactly where it started, because someone took the credit for you even coming to, to Wolves. Uh, but, but Paul Butler was in a few weeks ago, and he claims that he effectively recommended you to Dave Jones. Okay, because I was at Sunderland with Butts yeah. for a few years, yeah. And obviously so, he thought that highly of you, he knew that you were the man to come in and, and uh, put things right here. I, did that. I don't know if that happened, but... Uh, Mind you, I came in, and then Butts went out, so <laughs> I can't imagine that he said, come and sign me, but maybe he did, I don't know. Because you arrived at a time when the club had just been promoted, yeah. um, the transfer policy was oh, a little bit out there, Paul Butler talked a lot about that, by the way, and the fact that they were hoping to do certain things, and they ended up with a new look defence that was what, Oleg Luzny... Isaac Okoronkwo, Jolyon Lescott just got injured. Yeah, Jolyon was injured, so I think I came in because Jolyon was injured. And you kind of went from there, really. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember Oleg, Oleg Luzny. I can't even say his name, but yeah. And uh, that signing surprised me a bit, but there you go. You know, he signed just after I did. I remember we played a uh, midweek, you know, it's usually the first or second week of the season you play a cup game don't you I don't know what it was the Worthing Cup or something and like if you've been in the first thing you usually get to rest that game you know because it's a midweek game and uh, I remember he played centre half I'm thinking okay I'm on the bench that's fine I can have a rest for the big game Saturday whoever it was against literally first few minutes the ball's come in centre half right head it he's literally turtleneck ducked it and it's gone over his head and I'm thinking I know where this is going Amanda's gone right get warmed up you're going on I'm <laughs> And that's, I don't think he played much after that, to be honest, but uh, it was a strange signing, but there you go. You said there that, uh, obviously, Julian w was injured when you came in. Now, when you come from a massive club, Sunderland, you know, ever-present, they thought so highly of you, and you come to a club that rules. What's your mindset? Because you know that you're coming in, you know that Julian, if fit, he's, he's probably going to come in and, and, and play. So what, what do you tell yourself to, to, to get the best out of yourself. I know that you've already spoke about it before in the in the previous bit about the mindset coming in. Be the best that I can. Don't leave any stone unturned. Do what you can do. But is, is it difficult? Um, you know, I always set my standards as hard as... Like, that's all I base my career on, is working as hard as I could. And if it was good enough, I'd be in the team. You know, it's quite... It's that simple, really. Black and white, you know. Work as hard as I could. Make sure I done my weights when I wasn't, uh, you know, in the morning before training. Finish off after training. Work. I always train like I'd play on a Saturday, so I, you know, I'd be on full tilt in training because I knew that's the only way I could be successful. And um, yeah, I come to the club thinking I wasn't coming in thinking, you know, Jolyon, he was loved at the Wolves, and he still is, and uh, kind of, you know, big shoes to fill. But um, 
you know, I was a different type of player. Yeah. And it was a tough first division, you know, first, <clears throat> tough first season in the Premiership there. Um, but yeah, I just got to, you know, you do have to just, we got relegated, so you just have to kind of try and be as focused as you can and work as hard as you can and just go out and do my job, which I got to do every Saturday. And fingers crossed, it's good enough for the manager to pick you next week. So when you come in, so as I say, because I, if you look about it, and, and I've had a lot of clubs, as you'll know, and you think about the, the ultimate professionals, you get them in, but you were at Wolves, everyone would say yourself, coming into the club, Wolves, the way that it was, the dressing room, the way that it was, was that was that difficult for you, as in, because you come in, you're setting your, your ways, you do it the way, but you can see there was quite a few big characters that, that probably weren't as professional, or, or am, I, am I wrong in saying so? No, I think you're right, but... I just I'd have a routine and I'd just stick to it and that would be it. No matter the environment. Yeah, exactly. So you know I'm quite a quiet person anyway. So I'm not the type of person to sit in the change room and be you know everybody look at me. You know I'm really funny. Look at this. You know some players are and it's brilliant and that's what a change room needs. I wasn't so I could easily just go do my thing in the gym and that's what I do. I'd, I'd have my routine. I just and it didn't matter who was in the change room. I'd just go and go and do it. Because he with it. he was saying to me earlier that like there'd be sometimes where he'd come in and be like, was Jody in today? You were that quiet in the dressing room. Didn't know but when you, you spoke, when you spoke, everyone listened. So that's what I'm trying to say. You know, like when you walk in, you 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 deal with your own. You know, you know what your job is. You got on with your your business. But if someone else was to step out of line, I I don't imagine you just letting that pass. Depends what it was, I suppose, wasn't it? Uh, you know, how out of line. That's what your manager's for, I suppose. If if. If it's on the pitch, he's going to pull him, isn't he? Yeah. I was never a ball. You know, when I speak to the kids at the weekend, you know, I run kids' football teams, and um, always, you know, my little one's ten years old, so he's just become the captain of his team, and he, he didn't want to. He didn't want to be the captain because he didn't want to do the free cheers at the end because he's too nervous to do the free cheers. And I said, it's not about being big and shouting and being the loudest person on the pitch. I said, it's about you just going and playing how you've played and being consistent and working your hardest and being a leader and then people look at that and think, well, oh, that's, you know, look up to that and work as hard as that and that kind of rubs off on other people. It's not about being a shouter. I've never think it thought is about being a shouter and a, and a you know, a, yeah, that was, type of person. And I know what you're saying, but I think there's also a responsibility of a, of a captain to govern the, the dressing room. I think it's something that Mick McCarthy, they spoke about. He says yeah. he, he recruited players that he knew that he could trust that would go and... And the dressing room should really govern itself, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm just thinking that like certain situations where you, you'd see the likes of Carl Henry, or there was many times that we, even when we were flying, that we'd have like team team meetings and things were said, and you would always put your bit in, and and like you say, when you spoke, players listened. But there's not, I think there's there's also been periods of times where there's been difficult dressing rooms. That one that you yeah. first came into, yeah. would have been a dressing room that that had probably l- lack of discipline. Yeah. You know, there was there was leaders there, there were good players there, but still there were certain things that needed to clip together for it to be the perfect dressing yeah. room. Yeah. And then over a period of time at Wolves, there were certain things that the dressing room was divided as a captain, as a vice captain, as a as a leader in that dressing room. What's what's your role in that? If you do you get, do you get... I do, I do. When I mind you, when I was captain, we had a great dressing room. You know, we got promotion and yeah. we had a couple of you know <clears throat> I found when I wasn't captain, then it was someone else, you know, or Carl Emery was captain, and it, it, you know, and things weren't quite as smooth as they were. Uh, we got relegated. Um, 
know, it wasn't then my role to, to step in and do that. Uh, when I first joined and it was like you had your Inces and your Dennis Irwins, you know, I was... I was coming into that, so I wasn't a captain at all. I just had to get on with my thing, and and they had that role to do that. And but they had there was quite a few strong characters there. Yeah. But they had that. They had that. Um, you know, good team morale because they've just been promoted. But then obviously, like you said, the real test is when you get relegated. That's the test. Who's gonna step in and keep it together? And yeah. um So when things started to go badly in in the Premier League, yeah. In the second time you'd been in the Premier League with Wolves. And you were that senior man in the dressing room. You'd been captain. I think you were still vice captain. Yeah, vice captain. What's, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> like, how did you see your role in amongst all that? Certainly in that Carl Henry, Roger Johnson issues in the dressing room. Period. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough because when you went the captain, you kind of, I'm, you know, I'm sitting back thinking, you know, I could have even been injured as well. I didn't actually play too many times in that final year. My last game I played was. Sunderland at home. Um, yeah, it's tough. How do you how do you control it? How you know what? As a vice captain, I don't even know if I was vice captain. But how do I influ- how do you influence that? It's tough when you're um, you're going to get relegated because it comes down to small things. You know, the gaffer brings a new player in. You know, he brought Roger Johnson in, just immediately pushed me to the bench. And then I'm watching Roger Johnson yeah. play, and I'm thinking he struggled for like two or three months, and he wasn't getting any better. And the gaffer just persisted, persisted, persisted. And I'm thinking, hold on, I'm sat here, I'm ready to play football, and you know I'm as fit as I've ever been. And you keep putting him in, and then at that point I'm thinking, you know, I'm not happy now. Yeah. So why am I going to step in and start saying this and this when I'm trying to get my own place back See, in the you're team? Sp- you're spot on, and this is what I don't think people understand. And it's like, for, first and foremost, as a footballer, you want to play. You know, and I think someone coming in and you, you don't, you don't wish them to have a, a nightmare, but you think I'm up for the challenge. Yeah. You know, I'm going to compete. And if you're not given the 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 fair chance to compete, that's frustrating. Yeah. Now we've had we've had Roger in here, we've had Carl in here. They've they spoke about it. We've had players in that dressing room that, that seen what was going on that were disappointed. There was a divide. There was players that thought Roger should be captain. There was players that thought Carl should be captain, and it wasn't. You know what I mean? So that in itself caused the divide. You were in that dressing room, yep. but you're sitting thinking your first priority is I want to be playing. Why am I not playing? Yep. You know what I mean? And it's not one of those, it's not, well, I don't care what's going on in the dressing room because every individual player wants to play. If you don't want to play, you shouldn't be playing football. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So yeah. I understand where you're coming at. But I'm sitting thinking, right, well, Jody, if I'm in that dressing room and it's a divide, I know I'd have a, I'd have my say in it. But like you say, if I'm not playing in the team and I'm and I'm training and I think I deserve my chance Yeah, but chance do you to not play. get to a certain stage where, like, you know, you are... You were, I don't want to say getting on because that sounds terrible because you're probably the age that I am now. But like, you are the senior man in the dressing room. You've been there. You've been around the football club for a long, long time. Do you not feel like you're the man who goes, right, things are going badly. I may not be in the team, but I'm sorting this out. What was I going to say? Look, Mick, I should be playing this team. Drop Rog. I can do a better job. You know, that, that... that doesn't happen. I'm not going to say that. I can express. Oh yeah, but not necessarily playing, but like the issues that were in the dressing room at the time. But they stem from not winning games, don't they? That's how it stems. You know, you don't win games, and then it, it causes little frictions. Things, yeah. yeah. So from not winning games, that you know, it, the be all and end all is winning a game of football on a Saturday. If you don't win games, then little things seep in, and uh, and that's when the issues become because you know, we had Jamie O'Hara, and then we had Adeline. You know, Adeline was playing, and I used to think Adeline was a great player. But Jamie come in and kind of really dampened Adeline's 
game down the way yeah. he maybe you know they're both centre midfielders and and Jamie Hart he kind of dampened him down and he would dig him out and I think in you know Addy wasn't the type of player to stand up and say look I'm out of it you know and it, and then I think Addy left the club in the end. Not, well, do you wish not you'd have that. stood up for him? Would you I'm have gone to, to Jamie? Place back in That's, the team, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, you know, what do I say though? Look, Jamie, you can't say that. You've got to be, you know, put your arm around him. Could I have said it? Maybe I could have said it. I don't know. But I didn't because I've got my own head. I want my place back in the team. Yeah. And you keep playing Roger Johnson and he ain't doing any good. And uh, I mean, he, you know, I'm he's frustrated myself. Yeah, I mean, he himself said on his episode that he was asking Mick to drop himself, to drop him. Because he was in that bad form. Yeah, and he was in bad form, yeah. Because I, I, one of the things that me and Liam were talking about this morning when we were on our way in... He was asking him to drop it. Yeah, yeah, he was saying, like, take me out of the tent. I just I was that, asking that, him that, to play <laughs> me. <laughs> he didn't even listen to the me. He didn't listen to me. <laughs> I mean, I mean uh, there's clearly new information for you on that. Yeah, that's new. I've never known anyone to ask someone to drop them. Let's put it this way. Was it very evident that there's a lot of characters in that dressing room and, and they've, they've all admitted it themselves that they just solely focused on themselves rather than the, the, the collective. You know, I think Carl Carl's never going to stay quiet and no matter any situation, if he sees someone dampening down someone else, he'll, he'll yeah. get involved because that's, that's just what Carl, yeah. Carl was. He's, no, so again, I can't imagine... Because being in the dressing room with Carl at Stoke, with with him here, and and a lot of those players, I can't see a lot of them allowing that to go on. That gets nipped in the bud straight away. So that just says to me that how how that 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 negative atmosphere that must have been in that dressing room that people just focused on, not getting results. There's pressure on going out and trying to get the result. Then not playing, people wanting to play, people feeling not part of it. So again, it just it is just a a massive cycle. Of just negativity there but again for players not to stamp and dampen little things up because I hate that I hate seeing a, 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 a it doesn't even need to be an experienced boy you speak to someone the right way yep. you know what I mean I always done that through my career I never had a proper go at someone so there's certain things that I understand from a professional point of view why Jody thinks right I'm not playing I, my, my, my first priority is to get myself back in the team yeah I wasn't captain you know Carla was captain so I didn't have that that wasn't my role at Popham, mind you, Carl. I'd then been dropped from captain. And who was captain? Roger Johnson. Well, there you go. That Roger Johnson, that's why he never dropped yeah. Roger, I believe, because he made him captain. I think that was the first mistake. He made him captain. He shouldn't have made him captain. He should He's have kept admitted Carl. that as well, by the way. Yeah, should have kept Carl Henry because, yeah. How do you drop your captain after two or three, four games? You don't, do you? One more point on this before we move on. And I, I do want to talk to you about good things because yeah. there were plenty of them. We were talking on our way in and said there was a, a perception from certainly from in the media side at the time that every time in the Premier League that there was a problem that they needed a result, you were the go-to man. It was like we're going to bring Jody back in. Do you ever feel like you were a little bit underappreciated in those Premier League years? Because you played a lot in the first season and then your appearances became lesser, but it was like... We need more stability. We need some authority. We're going to stick Jody in for a bit. Do you feel like that to you? I don't know. You know, I just... It's tough. I always felt like... Mind you, I just, maybe it was just the type of player I was. I was never going to be a top, top player. I was never going to be at the top in the top, you know, three or four teams, five teams even. You know, it wasn't uh, in my ability. So I was always the type of player that 
you know, you knew what you were going to get. I was going to come out, I was going to work my absolute socks off and I was going to give you everything on that pitch and going to set some standards and, and make my headers and my tackles and uh, chip in the goal every now and then. But uh, you kind of knew what you were going to get. I was never going to be a baller that was going to bring it out from the back and pick like a killer pass like Cody can do. I was never going to do that because that wasn't in my game. I was never, you know, brought up that way as a, as a player. So, uh, I don't know. It did get, it was a frustrating at times. But I just can't believe in yourself enough. Well, I was just you gonna... said you said to us earlier when we were talking about the art stuff on the podcast <laughs> that like you always felt like especially at Sunderland like it could end any day. Yeah, but I, I come into the game late. You know, I came in at eighteen, didn't I? So that's why I think I wanted it more because I come in so late because I was never good enough till I got to eight, the age of eighteen when I grew a bit and I played more football at the weekend. Um, but I think uh, I always believed in myself. Yeah, you got it as a footballer. So you can go out and perform, you know. I kind of just made, you know, I was never naturally gifted. Everything I did was through really hard work, you know, so, which was I can truly believe that somebody wants to be a footballer, they can be a footballer. They've just got to work really, really hard. If I'd have known all this as a kid myself, if I'd have just put in extra, extra hours, I'd have been even better than kind of what I was. So, but you tell your kids that and they're playing on their phones and their computers and don't really listen, do they? But I think what you, you've, you've said there that you couldn't bring the ball out and you couldn't make that big. Yes, you could. This is what I'm trying to say, but you you would put your head where most people wouldn't. You would make your challenges. You know, I think you were, you brought goals. You're, you're sitting top goal scorer in the Premier League for goals for, for, <laughs> for, 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 for a long period. So we've got, we've got to think that I think it's probably... The, the manager's idea of how they want to play, you know, like the the, the defender today is there's more pr- priority put on them coming out with the ball yeah. and passing the ball and then going and just defending, yeah. and it will it will turn it will swing back. It is starting to come back. Just go and defend. You said there that you couldn't go and play at these top. You would still believe in yourself if you got the chance and you would do a job. You know what I mean? You are you are one of those steady seven, seventy-eight, seventy-nine kind of players, and that's what you've always been. But you 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 could do all those things. You know what I mean? It's 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 just strange when you're saying I couldn't I couldn't bring the ball out and play because you did. I've watched you do it. Yeah. I've seen you do it. I've I seen you. I've yeah. seen you play that big uh, that big diagonal yeah. to 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 Jarvo and I suppose because it wasn't the strong. It's not, it's part not, it's of not the an game. area, but I, it's still a game that you could, yeah. it's still a part of your game yeah. that you could do. Football in it, <laughs> <laughs> but there were some like amazing periods. I mean, I want to take you back to when Mick first comes in because you kind of you were bought in by Dave Jones, you have the period under Glenn Hoddle, and then Mick comes in and makes you captain. and It felt like it was like a hard reset at that point, but it started a, an amazing journey of three or four years, didn't it? Yeah, um, I've always said Mick's the best manager I've ever worked under um yeah to be captain of it i'm you know i managed to be captain at every club i play for and it's you know it's a privilege um but that comes down to like you know i say it time and time again just hard work and leading by example and that's how you become a captain and uh, yeah i'd do it in training i'd be on time i'd be you know i'd be early I'd be on time everything just everything i think it just builds up and then they're like yeah we can rely on him we can trust him yeah did you know early on though, like Michael Kiley talks about knowing early on that you were on a journey that he knew it was going to happen. Did you think that? Because you'd seen both sides of this football club by that point. Yeah. Um, it's a tough one. You know, I remember 
you know, it's one of them, oh, I hope it's... More mum was more like, oh, I hope it's going to happen. You know, I've worked so hard this season. It's, it's Everything's looking great. I really do hope it's going to happen, you know. Cause like I said, you know, stuff can fall around in seconds. From experiences I've had myself, it falls apart in seconds. So you kind of know how it happens. So, yeah, I'm a kind of... That's why then push and push and push that them mistakes don't happen. And they didn't happen. And we got promoted and it was brilliant. You know what, and it's like we that pre-season. I remember we we went up to Scotland and things, and we come down and we we started we started so well. You brought your metatarsal. You yeah. see, you see us flying, right? But you you're such a big part of that team as well. To get yourself back in, you know what I mean. The mindset, the mentality, that must have been difficult as well because you you don't feel part of it when you're injured, do you? No, no, you not don't. At all. You, you see, yeah. you see that you see success there. Uh, you're coming in every day. You're doing your 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 rehabilitation. What so? How how difficult must that have been for you? Tough at the start. You know the first. You know yourself. The initial injury. The day it comes, you're like, this is it. It's the end of the world type of stuff. You're thinking, how am I going to get back from this? And then I'm kind of after a few days, I'm like, right, I'm going to come back fitter and stronger yeah. and faster and whatever. You know, I'm going to work really hard. And you do. You push yourself. Push yourself to get back to training. And then you kind of sat waiting, aren't you? You sat waiting to get back in the team. And, uh, yeah, you want promotion, but I also want my opportunity in the team. So I want somebody to mess up and do so. I want to, you know, I want to win a game, you guys to win the game 4-2, and the defender to make a couple of mistakes so I can come in and play. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's, got true. Free, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's selfishly ruthless. And, uh, you know, it's a... I've got to pay my own bills. As you know, that's what that's what it comes down to. You know, my career as a footballer. You know, if I just happily sat on the bench for my whole career, I wouldn't have gone anywhere and uh, and done anything. So uh, yeah, I want my place back in the team. I want to be involved in this team that's going to get promoted. Yeah, hopefully. Get so promoted. when you lifted the championship trophy, then talk to me about that feeling because there's 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 no there's no feeling like that's it. That's brilliant. It? Absolutely brilliant. Um, how did how did you compete? It's just memories, isn't it? Memories. I've got the paint. I did the painting. I've yeah. got the photos, the videos. You now it's memories. It's my what... face is cut out of that by the way by the trophy. It's, know, a, it's an absolute bloody disgrace. <laughs> well, <laughs> you could you could have put my face at the side of it or something. We all walked out. Well, we all walked out. You all go out. You stand in your lines and uh, Loon's thought right central. You're going to get right in the centre of the picture as soon as you pick the cup up. It covered his face. <laughs> Oh, I knew you'd laugh at that with me. Yeah, I do like that. Did you have a conversation with Carl about like who gets to lift it? No, Mick McCarthy told us. He told you yeah. you both lift him. Yeah, but I had the armband on, so it was all right. <laughs> so you're the one that's remembered as being captain to lift it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Because how much more special was that, given what had happened a couple of years earlier in the playoffs? The infamous so- game with Albion. It was, but we weren't ready at that point. We weren't ready for promotion. Um, uh, you know, I think we just had Wayne Hennessy just come into the team as well. I think he played yeah, in Yeah, Matty the, got injured, didn't he, on the Yeah, so, I, you know, Mick Ramey said, look, we're going to have, you know, Wayne Hennessy's going to come in. I want you to say, you know, take him under your wing, kind of support him. And uh, But we just weren't ready. We weren't, um, you know, we weren't wise enough. We weren't just weren't ready for it. But then season after we were. Because you had some experienced players in that team. I'm just looking at it now. It was you and Gary Breen. Yeah. At centre half, we all dream of a team of Gary Breens, Neil Collins, Jackie McNamara, Michael Kiteley, Stephen Ward, Shea Olafiniana, um, Darren Potter, Michael McIndoe as kind of younger players in around it. Stephen Gleeson was involved, Jay Bothroyd, Andy Keogh. But kind of at the back, you had some 
real kind of good old hands in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But then looking for that team to the team that got promoted, it's quite a different team, isn't it? So, um, yeah. So, yeah. So, Mick's done a good job there, to be honest. You know, he's taken one team which nearly got promoted and, you know, the new team, you know, a new team, basically, he's gone and, uh, you know, he's strengthened up and done a great, you know, done a great job. Because what Fantastic. was the best team that you played in? Because you played in quite a few different ones. Yeah, that team, that team, yeah. The 09. The promotion team, yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. I watched, you know, I did some interview, I don't know, weeks ago. And so I watched the, the video just to kind of think, oh, some questions are going to come up. I'm going to have to watch it. I've never watched it. You know, the, the run through of the season. Just to see, and I remember watching it thinking, God, the boys were really, really good. Like, how good they were. Like, exceptionally good. No, it's funny that you He's probably that. watched it loads, yeah. by the way. I actually, actually haven't. I'll, I'll make sure that it's I do. It's the first time I've right. seen it. I need to watch it. He was asking the video team earlier to start editing his highlights yeah, and to, stuff from we it. We did another post, this social media lack is getting difficult. You know, I'm trying to find something to post. Do you know what I mean? Uh, no, but on that, so I think if you look at the, the quality of certain individuals from, from previous squads, the, the, they, were, they were probably better. They were probably more experienced. But I, I think that group as a whole collective had everything, didn't it? Yeah. You know, everyone, it, it maxed out, everyone got the best, you know what I mean? Because the atmosphere, the environment that it was, and I think when you look at it and say that's the best group, it's because it ticks all those boxes. Yeah. Oh, I exactly. think, yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. if you look at another group, there's certain individuals that you think, oh, you, you probably wouldn't bring him in because he's not got the right character or something, yeah. but the quality, and I think that's, and that's that's the bizarre thing about football, isn't it? It's 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 okay. it's a, yeah. gr a group, a collective. There's certain teams in the in the Premier League today that you wouldn't that, that probably are surpassing all expectation, but it's because the collective, the environment that they've got, they've created that they can go out and perform at yeah. the best. There's and it is it's, it's football. It is it's a strange thing about exactly how, what it how is. people talk yeah. to each other, how they how they how they get the best out of each other, demands they put on each other, and I think that's uh, so. As it's saying that, I understand why you're saying it whereas I think from the outside looking in people say no no I definitely take him over him over him over him yep. but in that group a certain character a big character might be a negative impact to what is a well this is the thing like you in your eras that first team had some amazing big characters and experience from it the Glenn Hoddle era is one where it, from a fan's point of view people didn't really like it a lot of players who played in that said that Glenn was amazing. It, I got on fine with Glenn, and I know what the you know. I think we drew more games. You just didn't season, score didn't goals. We? we didn't score goals. We drew a hell of a lot of games. We hardly lost a game. We drew so many games. We you know we didn't accumulate the points. Um, yeah, which I had never had an issue with Glenn. You know, I always remember he'd join in training and he'd try and like stick one in the top corner every session from the outside of it. You know, outside of his foot, he tried to do it every session in the top corner. He did it one day and it was just like, all the lads are like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I could hear it. Oh, he's like, oh no. And then they all try and like snap him and that. But, uh, yeah, but I, I got on fine with him. Never had any issues. How, how did you feel when he came in? Uh, we, we obviously Dave Jones was replaced with Glenn Huddle was that something then that you just think right okay it's a, it's a clean slate I've got to now show yeah. this new man what I'm about yeah I've got to prove to him now that I need to be in the team and he was okay I was, you know it's quite exciting he's, he's but yeah we just didn't score enough goals we didn't play bad football we just didn't score goals but we didn't you know didn't lose games either just kind of a nothing zone you know we just drew a load of games I remember it a lot of the players that I've spoken about have said that he was way beyond 
other coaches at that time, just with the way that he trained, his analysis, you know, his his thoughts behind the game. What's your? What's uh, there wasn't anything out of the ordinary that was I hadn't done him other points in my career. So from that point of view, no. I just think Glenn thought, you know, we were a championship team trying to get in the Premiership. I think he thought we were. He was, you know. Already managing the premiership. a premiership team, yeah, I think that was the difference. And uh, you know, we weren't—we were a championship team trying to get in the premiership, and uh, maybe that's why it didn't work. But he had Stuart Gray with him, and I f- thought Stuart Gray was brilliant. Right. So I really yeah. enjoyed, you know, Stuart Gray being a coach. I think he went on to be a manager at, after when Glenn le- left. He was the manager, wasn't he, for a bit? So uh, yeah, he was good. Ten years, and um, we'll get into the last year on the podcast extra which will be available to listen to in all the usual places but 10 years in one football club do you think it'll be and will many people ever do that again I mean Matt Doherty's closing in yeah in the current crop I don't know I don't know um, you don't see it often do you you don't see it often um, what does it come down to I don't know just they tried to get rid of me a few times. I just kept coming back. <laughs> yeah. Went to Stoke, didn't I, for a bit. So they tried, did try and get rid of me. Mick did. And then, uh, yeah, come back. I don't know. That's why I say you're, you're like the great survivor. Yeah. You know, I was lo- I've always been loyal to the clubs. I've only had three clubs. So, you know, there ain't many nowadays. And, uh, yeah, I just enjoyed being here. So I didn't, I didn't want to leave. I never wanted to leave. Is so, it true uh, you still live in the same house that you bought when you first moved out? That's it, yeah. yeah. So, uh, back up in Cookley. Near Kidderminster. Just comfortable, never yeah. wanted to be anywhere No, it's else. in and you have children, don't you? So then to move and do something different is a big upheaval. And it's like, you know, kids get happy in school and, and then yeah. it just, just works. <clears throat> so how do you sum up 10 years as a Wolverhampton Wanderers player? Oh, I loved it. You know, I loved playing football. Um, I was loyal to them. The fans were great. Sung me a song. All the, you know, it's got a swear word in it, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, great. The you lads know. are working. Adds it ups, the ups and downs, but uh, fantastic. Yeah, I've met some good friends, which are, I'll keep for life, and uh, yeah, it's always great to come back, and I'm always welcomed. Would you do anything different? Yeah, I took a penalty in the cup, and I missed it. It's my only regret. People say, "Have you got any regrets?" Yeah, one regret. I missed two penalties in my whole career, <laughs> and I just think, "Why didn't I put it bottom left corner?" <laughs> I went for kind of top left, and I missed both two penalties exactly the same. Just went over the crossbar. Should have put it bottom left. That's my only regret in the whole of my football career. That's nice, though, isn't it? To be able to say that, to be able to look back and go, "I wouldn't do anything different apart from could... one penalty." Yeah. Two penalties, yeah. One was at Sunderland in the cup, and one was at Wolves in the cup. And I was so, and but then I think I've rectified it because I played for the Wolves All Stars and I had to take a penalty. And all I can think of, I've missed two penalties, and I put it in the bottom left corner. I think, ah, oh, this is that's solved this, that's solved this scenario. I'm happy now. I'm, I'm, I'm at the third time of asking, I'm, I'm happy with it. <laughs> Not quite the standard that I was playing at before, but uh, it did the job. The Old Gold Club, powered by Blythe Group, official partner of Wolverhampton Wanderers. So that was the show, on with the podcast. Um, you want to pick up on something from when we were talking there about the dressing room? Yeah, I think it's it does. I, I think looking at it from the outside and you look at, because there, there's a lot of big characters, especially 
the, the season that they get relegated. Now Rogers came in and he's he spoke very openly, honestly, and they all have. Mick McCarthy has, Carl Henry has, but I think what we've got to realise as a professional footballer, you want to be playing. No, no, and no, I, I get you that. know, so you walk in, and it's like even the season that you that that, that we got promoted, you know, like so me and Silve and there's Andy Keo, Sam Vokes. If you're not playing. Like Jody said, there's a, there's a bit of you that's ruthless that you think you want the team to win, but you don't want another striker to score because you want to get back in. You know, so there's other things that take priority over the whole environment and collective, even though... You, uh, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I do. The, I just, like, the reason I ask that question is because like, I always tell this story that a couple of years ago, um, under Kenny Jacket, in the Championship, the team was in a, a, a pretty bad state. They were, and they just lost at Sheffield Wednesday quite heavily, and it was just before Christmas. Things weren't looking great, and the team got locked in the dressing room after. And we all stood outside, media waiting for him to come out. And so the story goes that Kenny basically said, "I can't say any more. It's up to you guys," and left them to it. And Grant Holt being a senior man, not necessarily from the club point of view, because he was only on loan, but senior in his career, just went, do you know what, I've got nothing to lose, stood up and kicked it off and started the stuff. And the, everything got brought out in the open. And I think they won the next four games on the bounce. But like he was like, you know, I've got nothing to lose here. I'm 35, 34, 35. I'm going to go for it. Yeah, but he's on loan. He's on loan. He's got nothing to lose. He's, no, he's, 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 he's got a parent club that he can think, you know what, I'm going to say a few things, I'm going to th- drop a few grenades, throw a few cats and everybody's different. see what happens. You know, I, I would always say, I would always stand up in the, in the change room, not playing and saying, Rog, you shouldn't be in a team. I should be in a team. You, know, how do, you don't do that because any other thing, oh, you're a right tosser, aren't you? So then, right. you, then, that, then that just causes more issues and then, you know, ends up in, and I've got to Rog. You know, I had no issues with Rog. He was absolutely fine. You know, not a problem. But, but I'd cause a problem if I did something like that. When you got to the moment, the end of the Premier League relegation season, and Stoller comes in, talk to me about that period because I've heard it from other things around. I'm really interested in it from your viewpoint. Okay, so at that point, what happened that timeline of that summer? Well, I just come. Well, I was injured. So the last game I played was against Sunderland, and I pulled my hamstring. Um, so that was in the Premiership. Uh, I, so I just got back from that was towards the end of the season. I just got back towards fitness, just at the end of the season. Toby had just been diagnosed with leukemia. Just to took that in the mix as well, which made things difficult. Um, and he come in. T- uh, TC said, "Look, if I get the manager's job, I'm signing you straight away." I'm thinking, brilliant. Uh, he come in and at the end of the season said, "Look, you know, come back at the start of the next, you know, start of the season, get yourself fit, come back, and I'll give to you know, you can have a trial, see how you get on." So I did that. I come back. You, you come in, don't you? Do all your tests with Dale's before the season. They're yeah. absolutely horrible. What you do them? And all my tests said I was as fit as I'd ever been. You know, at the age of 36, 37, I was fitting as I, as I'd ever been. So that was n- not an issue. Um, Toby's in on treatment. The boys were. This was like must have been the first day back. Toby's on treatment. They're going away to Ireland at the weekend. Um, and I saw when I asked the question, I said, look, you know, am I going to get a, good, a fair crack of the whip? Because you're going to Ireland at the weekend. I said, if you're going to Ireland and I'm, there's no point me going, so, you know, my son's ill, I'll, I'll stay at home, you know. And he just went, no, I'm not signing you. And that was it. End of my wolf's days, and that was it. 
I could have literally tore his head off. It just made me, just infuriated me. For just, you know, I've been there for so long and that's how he treated me. Didn't know anything about me, brought somebody in, didn't even play. I was fit as I'd ever been, could have come in and done the job, not a problem. I wasn't asked for any, <laughs> I would have signed for pennies. I, bl I kind of blame the club <coughs> for not signing, to, for not, you know, Jez rings me up and says, oh, what's happened? I've just heard, you know, I'm like, you know, yeah, you just let me go. I'm thinking if you're that concerned, why didn't you just sign me on a on a contract, which, you know, I didn't want much money. I just wanted, you know, what I thought I deserved. Because did you not sign a year to get you to 10? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I didn't train. It was on like £90 a week or something. I'm thinking, well, it didn't even cover me petrol, so why am I even, you know, because I, 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 I didn't train, didn't go in, I'm thinking... Because they announced it as like that you were going to be yeah. an ambassador and do academy coaching as well as training. Well, that's not new to me. Um, no, I did things, you know, you go up and you do the pre-match bits and bobs. You keep your faith, you know, that was part of, you know, part of it. But, um, but yeah, he just let me go. And I was, uh, I think, so I could have played. I was signed and I could have played, but £90 a week tells me <clears throat> you don't, they don't want me and uh, that was to see me through to 10 years. So I, don't, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't understand it. Like you're saying you're, you're smashing all the tests, the fits that you've ever been. Understandably, you say, look, am I going to get a fair crack of it? My son's yeah. ill. At least let me prove to yeah. you that I, I can do the job, yeah. He didn't even... I didn't even get a ball out before he said, no, I'm not signing We'll it. have to be in agreement there with the club. I think the, I think Jez has to yeah. hold his hand up there and say, you know, I'm going to step in here, give you a year, and it's down to yes. the manager. But I, Well, I know there were people around at the club at the time that made the point very forcefully that they, they can't treat you like that, that fans would have been in uproar. Yeah, I didn't want... I didn't want lots of money. It wasn't even about money. I just wanted to play, you know. I just wanted to be treated respectfully for being at the club for so long. Yeah. And, and, you know, for what I've done, you know, what I did. And he just didn't even, he didn't, he clearly didn't know anything about me, didn't do his homework, just come in and went, no, I'm, that's it, no, you're done. So after that conversation, there was no other dialogue that you had to saw back in there? He's like, oh, do you want me to tell everybody... In training, I'm like, no, I don't need to tell anybody. I'll tell people. I was devastated. I said to Dows before, I did the training session, I hadn't told anyone. I said, Dows, I said, if you're doing running at the end of the training session, I ain't doing it. He just got rid of me. There's no way I'm doing any running at the end of this session. I'm thinking, I'm not doing 800 metre runs around this field if I've just been let go type thing. So I did the, did the session and then I just kind of said to the lads after. And it was hard, yeah, really hard. You know, that's the end of my football career in... Would you have gone and played elsewhere? I didn't want to. Toby was poorly. I didn't want to go anywhere else. I didn't, you know, Wolves understood what I was going through and they were quite acceptable of it. I didn't want to go to another club and have to kind of build start, that start up and, again, and, yeah. and, and do all that. So it wasn't, I couldn't move anywhere. So if there was anywhere, it would have potentially been maybe Warsaw or somebody. But, you know, I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to do that. And uh, so I thought, okay, well, maybe this is the time, you know virtually 20 years, okay, 19 years, and then I got the, you know, the extra, yeah, bogus year, so to make it 20 years, so. Because uh, that's why, I mean, I said to you before we started this recording, and I checked with you, your kind of stats numbers and stuff, and I said to you deliberately, like, I'm calling it 10 years, and we said it on the show, 10 years, but I, I was conscious that you might not see it as 10 years. <laughs> I do see it as 10 years, because 10 years makes it 20, you know, 20 year career, so. Yeah, I do see it's ten years, but 
Yeah, okay, maybe I didn't play for the last year, but I was technically signed. So, you know. I was Would you have played? Did you train? Were you in shape to play? I was, yeah, as fit as I'd ever been. But then once they've let me go, what do you do? I, I, I wasn't then keeping myself fit to thinking, oh, I'm going to come back in and play. I'm thinking, well, you've let me go, or what? You know, I'm not going to go home and start keeping well, I'm just thinking, like, when Stoller went and Dean came in, was there a conversation then? There wasn't, no. Do you know what? If he did come to me and said, come in and train, but we'll... I'd have had to, you know, I'd have said, look, you have to give me more than ninety pound, maybe ninety five, but not ninety quid. I ain't playing for ninety quid. You know, if they'd have seriously come in and said, look, maybe come in and train. Can we work on you? You know, get you fit, which was always pretty fit anyway. Um, yeah, I'd have considered it, but never happened, did it? So you're focused that last season because obviously you had the testimonial year. Yeah. And I was watching some of the footage of the game. It was like, it was a good crowd. Sunderland fans good, yeah. came down. It was great. Oh, yeah, they're brilliant Sunderland fans. You know, they've got a trek for them, but they still come down. But, yeah. So, yeah, that year was focusing on the testimonial and, uh, yeah. And everything that was going on off the pitch as well. Yeah, it's t- it was tough. But it kind of sorted itself out. You just get into a, you get into a mode, don't you, where you just, you just do it. And people are like, oh, how did you cope with that? How did you do this? I think you don't have a choice. You just get on with it and that's yeah. it. Right, okay, we're at the hospital today. We've got to do this, we've got to do that. Just do it. No, I'm sure. So I was telling Looms, uh, there was a really nice moment a couple of seasons ago where you and all your kids came out to model the new yeah. third kit. The blue one, yeah. Was that a nice yeah, kind of yeah. redemptive moment? Yeah, to really have good. Them all out there? Yeah, it was nice. Uh, was that maybe the season after the, or whenever it was? It was the season of promotion under Nuno. Wasn't yeah, it? so yeah, it was nice. Always nice to come back and be appreciated, and the kids yeah. got a free kit out of it. So they were <laughs> loving it. Because <laughs> so, yeah. it, it was, because th- I'm pretty sure that was the first home game, Middlesbrough, which was obviously just after we'd had all the news about Carl. Yeah. And kind of both sets of fans were trying to do the stuff because I know that cure leukemia has played a part in in what you've done since as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, big, yeah, big thing for Carl. So, uh, you know, another good story that he's come through it unscathed. And uh, yeah, but such a shame now, you know, that he's had to give up his football career to to that disease. Yeah, right. Let's lighten the mood. Looms is run down. <coughs> Right. Uh, best player that you played with at Wolves, Jude? I got asked this the other month. Well, yeah, I did. I got asked this the other month. I think I'm going to say Sylvan. Sylvan? Yeah. Worst trainer at the club? Worst trainer? Yeah. Oleg Luzny. Oleg Luzny, yeah. <laughs> Who was it that said... Oleg Luzny. Somebody said that, like, listening. he would get an injury, like, on a Friday if it was an away game. He just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> Could not be bothered. And then when he ducked that header in that cup game, I'm thinking, that's the end of his career at the Wolves. <laughs> Done, yeah. <laughs> uh, the biggest moaner. Biggest moaner. Uh, Paul Lintz. Yeah. <laughs> Bit, yeah. of, bit of a finger pointer as well. It always <laughs> seemed to be pointing at me, which was never good. <laughs> Who was uh, your best friend at Wolves? Uh, I, I didn't kind of have a best friend. I just had you just have good mates, don't you? So who was me roomie? Christoph Air was me roomie, uh, but um, Mark Clyde before he uh, retired, he was me roomie. So I got on well with him. So yeah, you just kind of have a couple of really good mates. What, what was Christoph Bear like to room with? Good, he was just quiet, 
You know, I'm quiet. What about, what about through the night? Yeah, did you actually talk to each other? No, but what about through the night? No, nothing. Why? No, not remember. No. Right, I've got to tell a little story now. We hang on. This sounds weird. That's your mind, my friend. <laughs> All right, your mind. We were with the Scotland squad, right? So Christoph's my roomie, <coughs> and uh, I think it's about two thirty, three in the morning. The room light goes on. <laughs> he gets up. You, you, you watch him on the camera, you He gets up, walks to the toilet, and then the the sound, it's like he was about three, four metres from the toilet as he was... Pe- and then the, and he's like... So as he's come back, I've sat up and I went, big man, it's a no. It's it's it, it's, it's just... It's, it's, it's no. It will never happen again. And I'm telling you that now. You shuffle to the toilet in the dark and you sit down to take a piss. If I'm your roomie, I never want the light coming I don't want to hear you. I want to go to bed. I want to fall asleep. I want my alarm to wake me up in the morning. Not the sound, not you putting the light on and then the sound of you pissing in the toilet. <laughs> and I remember you. I remember I pulled, I pulled you when we came back from the, the Scotland squad and I says, I'm disappointed that you've not, you've you've allowed him to do this, <laughs> and then you've 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 bust it laughing and said, yeah, he does that. He does. He, he just turns the light on in the night, and I went. So I hope I hope from that moment on he never did it, because the big Scottish, and I want to give him. I can. How, how, is that not disrespectful? That is taking the complete piss, literally. <laughs> You take you you you, have, you you think about your roomie, don't you? I, sh- I remember shuffle. Oh, you bang into something, you you shuffle, and then you sit down on the toilet because you don't want to make noise as as the, the roomie's asleep. I didn't give a damn. Light on. <laughs> Walking. Bloody disgrace. Anyway, well, wasn't it Matt Moore used to sleepwalk, didn't he? Sweeping and sleepwalking, Matt Moore. I never shared a room with him, but he'd sleepwalk, so he was a bit of a nightmare. So I think he had to have room on his own half the time. Yeah, yeah, because he was quite. Uh, out so you got Matt Murray sleepwalking down the yeah. corridors, Christoph Bearer flicking the lights off, and I, do, I used to sleep peeing from all sorts of distances. I used to sleep, but well, fortunately, I never had any instances like when I was sharing a room with a, a teammate. I had one instance in Sunderland when I was in a hotel room. Um, it wasn't a match day, so it wasn't a Friday. It was just—I think it must have been before I signed, or, or, or as I signed, you, they put you in a hotel for a few months. And uh, so I'm, I've got up in the night. I'm sleepwalking. I've got my pants on, thank God. So I'm, and I've uh, thought I've gone to the toilet, and I've gone to the main door, and I've just shut it behind me. And I'm thinking, and I'm stood there, and I'm thinking, any second now, I'm going to be able to open this door. And I'm stood in the in the corridor at like three in the morning, two in the morning, in my pants. And I'm thinking, and then I just, then I snap out, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm stood in a corridor in my pants, and I can't <laughs> open the door. I've had to walk down to reception in my pants to ask for a key. Loads of people coming in from nightclubs coming in. I'm just, you know, I have to really style it out. Yeah, I've just let myself out because I just have a key. And I just like, stroll back up. <laughs> so, yeah, unfortunately, I never did that ever again. Uh, all right, the best and worst dress sense. Best and worst dress sense. Um, boys like some good clobber, didn't they? I'm gonna put, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna put Kev Foley out there for worse. I know he'll take that on the chin. Of, you know, he'll, he'll probably say me. Uh, best dress sense. Who'd, who'd like a? Who'd like to get dressed up for training? I don't know. It's usually one of the young guns, wasn't it? So it's was always like might have been kites or some. I'll put kites out there. 
Kites, I put Kites in there, I think, for me. I think David Jones was yeah. always immaculate, wasn't he? He's never, his name's not been brought up. Uh, who was the funniest player that you played with? Uh, Stacky. <laughs> oh, he did some crazy things. I just remember we come out from a... This is Graham Stack. Graham yeah, Stack. we'd had a... Uh, well, we'd have a Christmas do. We I think we went to Ireland, so we had a real... It was really... Were you, would you have been there? Did you go? I was just like a year, yeah. Yeah, and it was funny. We had a really good weekend and a proper good laugh. And then we, I just remember we all come home and we were getting the minibus back from the airport and it's, we're stuck in traffic and he jumps out. And he and there's a motorbike. There's an old like BSA motorbike on the back of a train. He just goes goes and gets on it in the <laughs> on the motorway, and it's driving down. I think this bloke, if he sees, he's going to kill him. I recorded it on my phone somewhere. It's one of these old phones, so uh, it's somewhere. I've got it on video, but uh, <laughs> the lad had no limits, and uh, yeah. it was really funny. Some of the stories got some great stories, Stacky. Uh, best manager you worked for? Mick McCarthy. Yeah. Uh, what was the best goal that you scored? Uh, Bradford it was a volley I scored against Bradford in the cup um, day before Mick McCarthy told me I was going to Stoke he said so you ain't got to play tomorrow if you don't want to play I said no I'll play because if that's my last game I'm going to play and um, yeah scored a volley from outside the box which was quite nice <laughs> and, then, and then some of lads said oh, why didn't you really celebrate I said yeah well, I'm going to, I was going to Stoke the next day that's why I didn't celebrate uh, what was the best game that you were involved in um, it was always I've said it before it was always um, derby games so Sunderland Newcastle yeah. Wolves West Brom you know, it was always a derby game the biggest games you know I'd, I'd prepare Monday Tuesday Wednesday I'd prepare for this whole of the week and uh, I'd be like really really nervous I'd be like just but as soon as I got in the pit send them those disappeared don't yeah, they? Of course. and uh, but I was like I've got to run for a brick wall. That you put, I'd have got through it somehow. I felt like that. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, and I'd be like pacing around the room. That you know, before you know, you're in the hotel rooms. I'm pacing, I'm pacing, and I'm thinking, it's just like nervous energy. I just need Brilliant. to get on the pitch, and, and it was derby games that did yeah. that for me. Quality. Uh, and what was your proudest moment at Wolves? Um, lifting the trophy, I think. Yeah, lifting the trophy. But. It's hard to pick one, playing in the, you know, as a player, playing in your first game in the Premiership, yeah. signing your first contract, yeah. lifting the trophy, scoring your first goal. You know, there's loads of things in there. It's really hard to pick one. Yeah. But, uh, that one. By the way, I've just I've just looked up on YouTube your volley against Bradford. That is a worldie. Have you never seen it? I, I'd completely forgotten about this. It's all right, isn't it? You need more of these. No, t- this no, is unbelievable. Don't worry about <laughs> outside of the route. Don't worry about <laughs> don't worry about taking a touch. Just smash it as hard as you can. It either goes over the stadium or uh, into the top corner. What I love about things like that as well is you can see like all the shock on all your teammates' faces as they come to celebrate with you. Mind you, you've done that I, I did have a volley in me. Do you know? I was as a kid. I, like I said, I just. I thought, well, why well, take a touch in the box so I can smash it as hard as I can? <laughs> <laughs> so I did have a volley in me. Thanks for listening to The Old Gold Club, powered by Blythe Group. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts. You've experienced the thrill of Molly you on a match day. Now go behind the scenes with our exclusive stadium tours. Taking you from the stands to the dressing room, see where Nuno and the team don the old gold and take your chance to walk out that famous tunnel into the Golden Palace. Book online for just £12 for adults 
£7 for concessions, and you can even book your own private VIP tour for up to 20 people by emailing museum at wolves.co.uk. Wolves TV, the home of live uninterrupted radio commentary of every single Wolves game. But that's not all. Wolves TV also brings you extended and alternative match highlights, interviews with the team, behind-the-scenes features and training coverage, plus see every goal Wolves score from every angle. So check out Wolves TV online at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app. <laughs> 